1: at NewBalance.com.
2: Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. You're joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On this segment, we're hitting you all up with a live recap. There's a lot of games this week, so we're going to be taking a deep dive into Casey Curran versus Houston Dash and O.L. Rain versus San Diego Wave. But before we do all that, a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter for all news and updates at Attacking Third. We also have a TikTok and in instagram now so you can follow us across all three platforms at attacking third for highlights cool graphics breaking news and so much more and if you're joining us live on youtube welcome join the conversation in the chat some of you are already uh gearing up and going you were waiting for us so we appreciate that as always but we're here now lisa how you doing tonight I'm good. We are switching up our schedule this week because we had a Thursday
0: match, one Friday match, a couple Saturday and Sunday, and we'll get to those later. But um, we are going live on this Friday evening after the second NWSL match. And I love this, Sandra, because usually we record on Thursday and then we chit chat throughout the weekend about the matches that are happening, but we don't actually get together and record until Sunday night. So it's a pleasure to see you, friend. How's it going on your end?
2: Likewise. I'm, I'm ready to hang. I mean, I thought about it. I was just like, you know, what's cool staying inside on a Friday night and watching some NWSL and then talking about it on the Internet with people that you like talking about. it. I was like, yes, plans. We're doing that right now. Uh, Yeah, I I enjoyed both of these games, but we're going to take we're going to take it one by one. But because we're doing this live right now, we thought. You know, we should do, we're going to talk about the game that's most fresh in both of our minds and obviously probably some of uh, the other uh, audiences here who are tuning in with us. Uh, We're going to talk about Kansas City and Houston Mm -hmm. Dash. Lisa, I know the last time we spoke, we had to say RIP to your notebook. I know. But but did you like bury it? Please tell me you still have the pics. So I still have
0: the picks. I actually ripped out the page because... um, I had to, you know, close that notebook, put it to rest, but save our picks for this weekend. Um, I I have them. Have no fear. We both picked Kansas City to win for this first match. So, you know,
2: we're on par so far. Love that. There's nothing like making a pick and then being correct and being like, oh, yes, I didn't have to come in here and apologize to all my friends (laughs) for getting embarrassed. None of that this week. Kansas City winning this one 2-1. One. A nice little home victory for, for this franchise, right? Something that they've been uh, trying to work towards during Challenge Cup, and they picked this up against Houston Dash. And not only did they pick up this victory against the Dash, it's giving them a little bit of a lock, right, in terms of a lead for the Central Region. Remind, please, Lisa, remind me if I'm if I'm incorrect. We, we did do previews of these matches, and we— had a couple games that we highlighted as the biggest matches that we're going to be keeping an eye on over the course of the next Mm -hmm. four to five days. And I believe this was one of them. Yes, this was one of them because every game in the central region
0: um, matters a lot right now. So tonight between Kansas city and Houston, this win for Kansas city jumps them up with 10 points. So they are now number one in group C, the central standings, and then Chicago and racing Louisville, those two teams face off again. And the points there could matter because Chicago is in number two at seven points right now. So these, the central region is, it's a tight race. It's a different race. West region, which is tight but in a, a different way with two front runners. And then who's going to come in third. Whereas the central region with Kansas city, Chicago, racing, Louisville and Houston, it is neck and neck across the board between these teams. So this was a huge match for Kansas city to get this win over Houston and to get two goals. Although conceding one doesn't always help them in the goal differential category, which is one of the tiebreakers for the challenge cup.
2: You know, we're looking at uh, this match that we just, you know just ended and concluded on cbs sports network and we were thinking about a lot of the teams coming up this week coming off of this international window a big theme that we were going to be looking for throughout a lot of these matches was player rotation oh yeah which are the players who are going to be getting the starts who's going to be coming in on, on on you know limited time or limited minutes because of of the international break and the possibility of having a quick turnaround in NWSL further, further into the weekend. But for, for Kansas city, let's stick with the home side here. When we're looking at their starting 11, you, Adrian, uh, Ady French in goal, uh, Jenna Winnabiner, Taylor Leach, Elizabeth ball, Desiree Scott, Alexis Loera, Isabel Rodriguez getting the start in this one for the current, mm-hmm. Kristen Edmonds uh Lola bonta Kristen Hamilton and Elise Bennett uh getting getting the start in this one as well i I liked this starting 11 when when it got uh put out there on on the broadcast and being able to react to it my my biggest thumbs up right away I was like least Bennett. Let me see. Let me see more of that. I'm excited for this opportunity in front of this young player. Uh, she's just getting started in her rookie year. And, uh, you know, when you see a player like uh, Lynn Williams going on, you kind of wonder where, where Kansas City was going to go. But uh, this number, th- this first round draft of theirs to sort of slot it in is kind of, looking like she's developing chemistry very, very quickly alongside some of her other teammates. Uh, And uh, we saw uh, Rodriguez getting a start in this one as well. Again, we're talking about another draft pick uh, that the current picked up. So some really promising young talent in this starting 11 for Kansas city current with a Rodriguez with a Bennett. And I would even include an Alexis Loera in this one as well. And you see somebody like Rodriguez immediately making an impact. Oh yeah. And when we're talking about this opening goal, Lisa. This was huge. I mean, starting lineup, we knew
0: that there was going to be player rotations with international break coming off of that break and, and seeing which players were going to be fit and healthy and Which players were there at training the last two weeks with these coaches? Because that's a really important factor. So many of these coaches say that they look at training and that's who decides who's going to start the game. But yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. These rookies between Rodriguez and Bennett, specifically Rodriguez getting 68 minutes in this match, and then Elise Bennett up top playing 78 minutes. These are players that are coming into this Kansas City side and maybe weren't initially going to have this much of an impact. But as you mentioned, losing Sam Lewis, losing Lynn Williams, they have now had to step up. When you mentioned uh, Luera and Weinbrenner, the center backs for Kansas City, they've started and played most of these games together in that center back pairing, and I really love that center back pairing. We've talked a lot about it already, though, so I want to dive in a little bit on Izzy Rodriguez because this is a player that was influential right from the very start of this game um, because of her ability uh, to get up and down the pitch and drawing those corner kicks that she did for Kansas City, um, and that's really how Kansas City got on the board so quickly because um, a corner kick being drawn and then yep. Rodriguez ultimately being knotted with the assist for this opening goal coming uh, yep. in, in just the fourth minute from none other than Christian yep. Hamilton. I mean, that's not a surprise by any means because Hamilton is a player that has said It is up to her to score goals now, to find the back of the bet, to be part of every single scoring play that Kansas City has. Matt Potter has put that pressure on Hamilton's shoulders, and Hamilton has taken that with pride and moved forward with it, saying, I'm going to do that. I'm going to work really hard to be involved in every play. And she does that. Opening goal, fourth minute. I was was a little surprised.
2: I was going to say the the timing. The timing. settled. Exactly. Like the timing of this one is like, it, it, I think it does a little something if you're the opposition, right? Number one, and then you're the visiting op- opposition, right? And it's just like you're on the road, you're coming off of an international window, you know where your standing is in this central region for, for, for Challenge Cup. And then you go down this very early goal. It kind of, sets things in motion in a little bit of different way you maybe have to tap into a little bit of different areas of your game plan much earlier than you anticipated right the plan a and then the plan b and the plan c you know what happens if we go down first but adjacent to that it's like here's what we'll do if we go down first very very early you know there's all these things that kind of come into play so this this type of goal that it was to kind of gosh just coming off of this set piece, the ability for these Kansas City players to just, A, retain the ball in the half, right. Right, but also the Dash's failure in, in trying to clear this. You're talking about this ball kind of ping-ponging around. We saw a little bit of yeah. soccer tennis come into play, at least Bennett keeping things in. Rodriguez saying, like, here we go. I'm just going to lob this back this way. and And Hamilton having the presence of mind to put it away, right? And then all of that happening at the same time, at the correct time. It kind of make i don't want to say it was a demoralizing goal but it absolutely puts the dash in an area that they did not want to be no in no. this game and they had not. to play from behind for a while in this yes one. yes i mean the f- most
0: important moments of a game is after a whistle is blown those first five minutes so first five minutes after a game is starts first five minutes after a goal is scored or after the half this goal came in the fourth minute. So, so many teams, they fall asleep in those first five minutes or they think, okay, we're just getting settled. The ball's just getting bounced around. And that's what Houston looked like they were doing. It was like, oh, there's a set piece that's happening here. Okay. We'll see kind of what, what happens. And they couldn't clear the ball and Kansas city was able to capitalize on that and keep the ball alive, which is something we've seen the current do a number of times already throughout this challenge cup. They, I don't want to call them scrappy players because they don't have scrappy players. It's almost like a scrappy mentality. They're very clinical players and they have great touches and they have good sharp movement, but their, their mentality is scrappy in that the ball's not dead until it's either in the back of the net or over the touchline. And that's the mentality we saw from Kansas city on this goal.
2: Yeah, and then I think maybe on the other side of the th- things, right? When we're talking about mentality, it's like we, we see this Houston Dash team, and it's also it's almost like sometimes, depending on the game that they're playing, they don't wake up until they get scored on, and that's a that's a dangerous mentality to have when you're playing in NWSL. And I think at one point my initial reaction to this, for for those who tw- follow me on Twitter, probably already know, but you know you you tweet plug it at Sandra yeah, yeah, on and my first reaction, I was just like, you know what? This is a very interesting defensive concept that we're seeing from the dash where it's like, forget <laughs> it. We got Katie Nodden throw her out there. Let's see what happens. And it's like, uh, what happens is you got scored on in four minutes. Like, it's it's um, it's Challenge Cup. And they're walking away out of this one with a loss, but you're just hoping that there's enough here, within these lines, within the film, that this team can look at and try to work on at least for you know the the regular season that is very quickly approaching yeah so to go down that that early and then you you we saw it a little bit like like it shook him up and they woke him up a little bit for whatever reason uh in the fourth minute of a game you would would imagine that maybe you want to start off this game with a little bit of a sense of urgency considering your place in in the standings of this uh central region but i like what you said about maybe not a scrap not scrappy players but a scrappy mentality <laughs> because we started to see i think we saw things getting a little chippier in this one earlier than anticipated because of such an early goal happening from uh, from Kansas City. And we saw around the half hour mark, or just past it, kind of a controversial yellow for me, in my opinion. There was a, a 1v1 kind of battle going on scenario on the pitch between Shea Groom and defender Elizabeth Ball. And what I saw was you could tell of the player on the frustrated team versus the player that is on the team playing with the lead. And I just didn't agree with this call on replay. Mm -hmm. We're just seeing how how players were locking or not locking arms. And it looks like Shea Groom threw a little bit of a like a wrestling angle on here. And Elizabeth ball was issued the yellow. So I was just kind of like. That is this something that's going to be looked at further down the line. we have yet to uh, we have yet to see the return of an NWSL disciplinary committee. Right. But is this what do you think, Liz? is this maybe the first one that we might see this Kansas City say, hey, hold on a second. Let's take a look at this yellow real quick one more time.
0: I think it would behoove Matt Potter to try to recall this yellow card against Elizabeth Ball because two yellow cards in group play and Elizabeth Ball has to sit out. And Ball is a very influential player for Kansas City because she is such a lockdown defender and she's a veteran that provides a lot of depth and experience to a Kansas City side that doesn't have that. I love what um, Gina Del Corazon said in our chat, rugby tackle, hilarious, but true this this tackle that happened between these two initially it happened pretty quick and I was like wait wait what happened here but like ball is still on the ground and Shea Groom kind of popped up quickly and kept walking so it makes me think like okay Shea Groom what'd you do wrong here and as this replay happened they went in hard for a tackle together ball against Groom and the ball maybe. Yes, and the ball came out initially. Their legs got a little bit intertwined. And from the angles that we saw on camera and on the replay, the- Shay Groom pretty much does like a headlock move on Elizabeth Ball and pulls her to the ground. Um, I was... Yelling at my television, I'll be like, honest. What with you? Yeah. What's happening? How is this happening? Glad I wasn't on the mic for this one because it's uh, just, sometimes it's hard to control your emotions, but I don't have to do that right now. I don't think that was a foul on Elizabeth Ball at all. If anything, I think it should have been yellow on Shay Groom yeah. based on how that happened. And you can see in the replays, Ball is saying, uh, Look at this, look what happened. But There's no VAR in this game and there's nothing. I think that this should be a foul that is looked to
2: be turned over by Kansas City. I didn't. I didn't think we were gonna have this week. Maybe be the week where we're gonna talk a little bit about the officiating. Talk a little bit about certain scenarios in the game. But here we are off this international break, and like we've got a couple moments in both of these games that we're gonna go through. But in this one specifically, it's like here's here's a moment where we didn't disagree with, and and here's why. And I just uh, so I'm a little curious about if that's something that they're gonna you know want to try to to bring up or get looked at. Uh, but I, I I know you and I both were taking a look at it, and we've been texting. Oh, yeah. some of these games and we're like that that doesn't that doesn't seem uh no. correct in our in our estimation but we're not the we're not the officiating crew we're not the ones making those moments uh making those decisions in those moments and in the moment it's they're pretty quick, right? They don't yeah. have the, unfortunately, they don't have the slow down, pause, millisecond type well, There's, there's so many different factors that go into it from a refereeing standpoint
0: is positioning, frankly, of the, of the center referee. Can they see the foul happening? Are they in yeah. good positioning to understand what's happening? And if they're not, is the assistant referee on the sidelines able to see what happened in a better angle? But that's the referee's first job to be in the right position to make those kinds of calls. Um, And from where she was standing she thought it was elizabeth ball I, i'm just gonna say the facts there that i that's what happened i don't think it was elizabeth well, we'll see.
2: I, I would hate for that to that y'all to stick with the stick with ball through the remainder of uh, yeah. a of challenge cup for any reason uh you know the accumulations are much quicker in this one and there's still some games left and I don't want to see that uh, come back and and bite her for whatever reason. Cause I think she's a really essential player for this roster uh, defensively in terms of her position and what she, she provides. But uh, it happened, like I said, it happened just past the half hour mark. And when it happened, it it was one of these scenes where it's like folks just couldn't stop like thinking about it or talking about it. It's like a thing that happens that like uh, impacts I think the viewer at this point. You know what I mean? And you're like watching and you're just like god, I'm stuck on this like call that happened like 2 3 minutes ago. And so I'm I'm I was grateful when halftime came. I was grateful when halftime came and I was like, okay, I was like maybe there will be a little bit of a reset here in some capacity on either side. Uh and let's see what happens in, in half to. And one of the things that happened was adjustments, right? We saw some oh, yeah. substitutions immediately on Houston's, uh, Houston Dash side of things. We saw Rachel Daly and uh, Ryan Garis coming in for Lisa Chapman and Michelle uh and, and just sort of seeing, like, these two types of players are tacking-minded players for Houston coming into the mix. And you're saying, okay, clearly on the Houston Dash side of things, this game is still in grasp to try to get some type of result, if not a win. Let's try to make some things happen here, even though you've got, again, player rotation coming into play for both of these teams. Did you like these substitutions from Houston for you at the half? Yes,
0: I was not surprised. I mean, Rachel Daly starting on the bench for James Clarkson, that hasn't happened since 2016. She was also coming off of an international break, and that's what it was this time, just giving her legs some rest. I mean, she played with England, had a tremendous international break with the English national team. Uh, But having her come in off the bench at halftime, I wasn't surprised at all. I mean... Uh, Rachel Daly is a player that I know pretty well. She is just chomping at the bit to get on the field, to get the ball, especially knowing that her team is down a goal at halftime. I assure you that she was like, uh, Hey Clarkson, can I get in? But probably not as nice (laughs) as that. Um, but this was a great move by James Clarkson. I mean, I understand why he didn't start Rachel Daly, but I think when you have, players like Rachel Daly, uh, Maria Sanchez on the pitch, uh, Michelle Prince, even Michelle Prince, excuse me, that can be such dynamic forwards and can unlock defensive teams and put so much pressure on opponents. You need to have them playing, especially in big games like this, where this standings matter for Houston right now and getting three points tonight in this match was crucial for Houston in the standings because they didn't, they did not walk away with any points. And now they're at the bottom of the central region with only three points. This win tonight would have helped them. And I understand it's a long season that James Clarkson has to prepare for, but you have to, put out your best players. And and for me, that's Rachel Daly being on the pitch. She's a player that can find the back of the net. She can settle the game down when she gets the ball at her feet. Um, and when Shea Groom plays with Rachel Daly, Shea Groom plays better. She's much more calm on the ball. She always knows that she can find Rachel Daly's feet. And those two have a really good magnetic connection energy on the pitch. I will say, I think Houston, after this initial goal from Kansas City, Houston did apply Offensive pressure to Kansas City that,
2: yeah, I I felt. I mean, I don't know if it leveled out a little bit, but I think that it was this weird combination of like maybe the chippiness sort of continued into the second half, but it it also kind of leveled out a little bit. And maybe that's, I don't know if that's more of a Houston making their adjustments and, and adapting to that, or is it like maybe Kansas City like taking the foot off the gas a little bit? They had an interesting statistic in this game in terms of goal scoring right Mm -hmm. for this Kansas City side uh, in terms of scoring by half seven goals in the first half versus getting two goals in the in the second half. And I just wondered, like, that's a very interesting stat in a game like this. Like, is Kansas City going to have enough to try to maybe get that extra goal, you know, because you have a team like like Houston that is now playing with the urgency, right? They're not only are they playing from behind and trying to ensure that they walk away with some type of role, uh, resolve, but they're also making these adjustments to try to ensure that that could possibly happen. Right. When we saw the, the, the players coming in at halftime with somebody like uh, a Rachel Daly, for example. And I think, of course, we started to see this come into play at the hour mark when they got the equalizer and they scored this goal we saw maria sanchez making this incredible run getting in line sending in this ridiculous cross and we saw shea groom continuing her run and we got a little air groom action and all of a sudden you had an equalizer it was it was a tie game and then it kind of again it kind of hits the reset button again for 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 this type Of match and we saw Houston still trying to make these adjustments You know they bring in Nichelle Prince just shortly after uh, Maria Sanchez Gets that assist Comes out of the game for Prince So I'm, I'm curious like I'm not you know uh, too curious in the sense where if this was uh why this happened like this happened because again we're talking about player rotation yeah. but i'm curious if this was ultimately the plan like was this ultimately the the game plan for game for james clarkson was it like hey give, you're going to go 60 minutes tonight and then we're going to get somebody else in here. And in this scenario, it was it was Prince. So I yeah. think that, you know, kind of uh, like for like a little bit maybe in terms of having a strong winger uh, still in the game to try to chase it perhaps. So uh, I don't know. Uh, this is purely speculation and me watching the game and
0: watching it unfold. Um, Michelle Alozi and Michaela Abom getting starts tonight for James Clarkson in the front line for Houston Dash. Uh, these are players that uh, – Michaela Obama, this was her first NWSL start and she's been in the league for a while. She ends up playing the entire 90 minutes of this game. Uh, Michelle Olozi, she comes out uh, at halftime for Rachel Daly. So I I think that it was to get those players minutes and moments and um, Obama playing well uh, up top and James Clarkson looking at that and saying, okay, I'm not going to take out a player that's playing well just to get another player back in the game, which I, I mean, it's it's different to say because a player like Abom, how does that compare to a player like Prince or Sanchez? Uh, but I think that's honestly how that unfolded a little bit, how how this all came out to be because Abom did have a lot of energy and she didn't just come off of a lot of minutes and a lot of games. So she had the energy to play in this match. But the, the substitute bringing Maria Sanchez off right after she gets that beautiful assist, I mean, that is what Maria Sanchez has been brought into Houston to do. And that's why she's going to be so effective in the NWSL because of her abilities on the flank to take players on 1v1, to beat them and juke them, find just a yard of space and be able to whip crosses in with her left foot that have great curve and great bend on them. And Shea Groom, she loves that type of aerial ball that she can just loft up, Air Groom, as you said it, and had that one to the back of the net. I mean, it was a really picture-perfect goal from Houston Dash on that one by uh, Sanchez
2: then to Groom. You know, I, I liked looking at these substitutions from Houston because we knew they were going to happen. It's It's a week where we're going to see a mm-hmm. lot of player rotation, but I was also curious of what – Players coming in and how they were going to be in certain positions. Like we saw Sophie Smith come out at one point, yeah. And my my immediate reaction was just like, oh boy, Houston's going to you know struggle a little bit more. You're talking about someone who's doing a lot of work for this team in that middle third. And then we saw Kelsey Hedge come in, try to to make an impact, and she comes in for Smith, gets a yellow card two minutes later. It's like it's one of these things where it's like, okay, is there going to be enough here for Houston to try to steal one? right, on the road. We saw them have this kind of, uh, you know, ridiculous comeback against Louisville. Do they have another one of those in them? Unfortunately, that was not the case uh, in this one. Kansas City made sure of that. Talking about substitutions who can make an impact, Kansas City had that as well, bringing in Kate Del Faba, right. replacing Lola Bata, bringing in Victoria Pickett, to replace Elise Bennett. And we saw Kansas City get that go-ahead goal in the 80th minute. Victoria Pickett, With a right footed shot, making sure that Kansas City took this victory straight home. Matt Potter has to be
0: happy about that substitution. Victoria Pickett comes on in the 78th minute and she finds the back of the net in the 80th minute and Kansas City walks away with three points. This is, uh, this was a great goal too. This was a scrappy goal kind of from Kansas City and Houston's inability to clear the ball, frankly, they couldn't get the ball. It almost mirrored that opening goal a little bit. It's almost a theme of the two matches we're going to talk about tonight. uh, Not being able to clear the ball, but it was really bad defense abilities on Houston for this second goal that happened and uh, Kansas City just keeping the pressure on saying this ball is still uh, alive. Let's keep it going. And Victoria Pickett actually does a really nice job. If you go back and watch this goal as it happens, plug, you can watch them on youtube.com slash attacking third extended highlights of this match. Victoria Pickett does a great job because as the ball comes in, she's initially on the near side of the post, framing it that way, and the ball gets sent back out, and she redirects her run, so she's framing the goal from the other side and changes her angle at it. Because of that movement, Houston keeps her onside. Otherwise, if she she stayed there, she would have had to move up with the defenders in that back line. But instead, Pickett switches to the other side of the post and frames the goal from the far side of the field. And that's why she's able to score this goal. And Jane Campbell, the defender doesn't stick with her. And Jane Campbell is just caught a little bit off. She's caught in a pickle there at that sense. I mean, it was a great goal by Kansas City and Pickett,
2: honestly. Again, my my I love that breakdown, Lisa, because like hearing you describe it, like I'm replaying it back in my head. I had a, that react. I, I had the same reaction on Twitter. I was like, "These goals from Kansas City, man! They they just you had one really early, and then you had one really late with a little bit of different personnel in either scenario, and they just sort of mirrored each other yeah. in terms of the goals that that Houston ended up conceding." in this one and there just wasn't enough unfortunately for this Houston side to to get on get on back into into the game in terms of at least trying to to pull level right and and walk away with some type of result on the road but it just didn't happen tonight kansas city though picking up the win, picking up all three points that means that they are sitting pretty right now on top of the central region but there's more games to get through this weekend that folks are going to keep an eye on and so will we and for us at attacking third we've got to get through one more game to recap for you all and we're going to do that after a quick break
1: Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
2: We're back, and it's time to talk about OL Rain versus San Diego Wave FC. The Rain take this one 3 1. Scoring three goals at home, you had, again, another tale of player rotation, but it did not matter in this one. You had goals. A couple hometown kids, right? home state kids, and Nikki Stanton, Sam Hyatt. Bethany are also getting on the board in this one. And Alex Morgan trying to make things interesting for a, a little bit, at least in this game, but... All rain walking away with all three points in this one. This was the match that kicked off NWSL action this week, the match that uh, marked the return of the challenge cup uh, from the international break. And uh, for the notebook, Lisa, for the notebook's <laughs> sake, uh, to honor the memory of the notebook that has now passed away. What, what were the picks in this one? So I had a draw at high oh, hopes my- for San Diego in this
0: one, and you had all rain taking the win. So, um, I'm a sore loser tonight Listen, for you, Sandra, uh, but congrats. I'll take it. I guess.
2: You're not a sore loser. You just, they, they just embarrass you in front of all your friends. Seriously. <laughs> come on, Alex Morgan, just notch a few more for me next time. <laughs> right. It's like, come on, man. Uh, Looking at this one, when we did the previews for this mm-hmm. week, this wasn't a match that we had highlighted as biggest match of the weekend slate of games, right? Thursday through Sunday, but we did have it as two teams and uh, who is hottest right now, hottest teams in action. And we had this game highlighted as two teams who were, who were hot because they were coming off of some pretty impressive results uh, prior to the international break. And when we're looking at the San Diego wave side of things. They had a bit of a, of a, of a call it a shootout, you know, four two yeah. against angel city prior to going into their international window. And all rain just listen I'm going to keep talking about all rain because they were my pick to win challenge cup and maybe some other things down the stretch. But for right now, they're still, they're still sitting pretty. They're looking good. And uh, with this, with this particular match, knowing that player rotation was going to come into play, which was an argument for you, Lisa, you were like, listen, Maybe there's, an, maybe there's enough here for a bit of a draw because of the different types of scenarios yeah. that we might see in individual battles or 1v1s. But it was still All Rain walking away with, with all three points in this one. And we're talking about another game that had a very, very quick start. Goals all in the first half from All Rain. Singer. Second minute.
0: Not just the first 11 minutes, minutes, three goals for OL rain. They decided that they were going to show Lumen Field a show. They were going to put on a show, show the fans why they came to Lumen Field, put on a show for Thursday night, NWSL viewers all over the world, 11 minutes, uh, three goals, just like that. Um, And then. Uh, really, these goals are fantastic the way they kind of all broke down because Bethany Balser ends up scoring a goal. And and this is a player that I've loved her kind of character arc throughout the season and throughout her NWSL career because in 2019, she came in undrafted and was rookie of the year. In the last 2019, uh, and the, s- until now, she scored 15 regular season goals, 16 goals total, one of them coming in a previous Challenge Cup. This was Bethany Balser's very first goal outside of the 18 yard box. Every other goal that she has scored has been inside right. the 18. So many of them. That's With her head as well. And it's because in this match, Bethany Balser started as an attacking midfielder, whereas every other game she has played in the front line, Laura Harvey, what a coach is, is she, I mean, having the ability to look at a player's individual skill and the players on the pitch around them and be able to put these players in certain positions and certain roles on the field to bring out their best qualities. And I think we saw that from Bethany Balser.
2: Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, again, we talked about the uh, this a little bit in the preview in terms of the player rotations that we were going to see. And while it was a good argument, I think, for making a case that this could possibly be a draw, it was still an argument for me to try to pick Ole rain for the win. I think we're looking at two teams in terms of their depth, that this was always going to be like a depth match, like who's got the bigger bench in this one. And I, I with the win, I just I'm like, yeah, it's it's the it's yeah. the rain. it's clearly it's clearly the rain. It, it's wild to sort of see this game get the start that it had three very early goals before the 15th minute even ticks, <laughs> you know. And so you're like, OK, but the other part of that is like, OK, there's a ton of goals happening this early Are they, are there going to be any mental lapses? What's going to happen? Like these are, some of these players aren't maybe used to, you know, building out a full 90 minute game yet. It's very early in the, in the year. And then you have Alex Morgan scoring a goal in the 24th minute. It was an incredibly active first half. And it's, it was one of these finishes for Morgan. You know, you get Taylor Korniak lobbing a ball Morgan with the ability to settle it, put it away. Three three one feels a little bit different. Three if it's three zero going into halftime, right?
0: Yes, completely. Now I, I just want to ask you, Sandra. First of all, the Taylor Corniac Mor- Alex Morgan combination, Orlando Pride, they they had that mojo going. Was it a handball on Alex Morgan? Listen, Sandra.
2: I'm glad you brought it up because again, I gotta I bring it. it up. We of talked course. about it in the top half. We're gonna talk about it now in the second in the second half of this episode. Again, it's very early in the year. And at one point, I was like, Okay, we're getting some very solid officiating in some of these early challenge cups matches. We're seeing the yellows come out before things get out of hand. The game is being re- like regulated in time as it should be and then you have these moments in these games and you're like oh no here it comes because there's a couple moments in this particular game that maybe we got to talk about a little bit lisa and listen i saw on the replay thought there was a little bit of a handball action going on there i think it was too we're we're talking about a lead that doesn't have var at the moment and we you just it Okay, but it's I'm going to say something uh, maybe controversial and as a Do defender it.
0: I feel I can say this because you I've should. seen a lot of handballs in my day by forwards. You if you, you're not a forward if you don't sneakily handball the game, <laughs> handball it during the game. You're just not because they all do it. They all do it. It's just Ugh. how sneaky you are and how good you are at doing it. Yes, this is this is a handball. When you rewatch it, you can see it, but she's pretty good at it because she runs with her hands like this and as she's turning and she kind of slaps it down a little. I'm sorry for those listening. As a podcast, I was flailing my arms around. Extending extended arms. Extended arms. And <laughs> it's it's almost like it could maybe touch her shoulder, but her hand just happens to be there to help guide it and direct it down a little bit, honestly, is pretty sneaky hats off to Alex Morgan, because I'm sure she's done it a number of other times and gotten away with it because, hey, that's, that's, that's the game, right? There's no VAR. And You got to do what you got to do. And besides the handball, an incredible touch from her. I was going to say, you still got a
2: finish, right?
0: (laughs) And it's an incredible finish. Like that's an Alex Morgan goal, right? Like on the back shoulder of the defender, a lofted ball over the top, able to just run onto it in stride, a great volley finish. Uh, That's what San Diego needed. It's a shame that for San Diego's sake. I mean, OL rain had a tremendous game and their three goals were huge, but if this opening goal from Alex Morgan happened before any of the other OL rain goals, or even if it was one, nothing at this point, I think it would have been a totally different game because this goal from Alex Morgan came in the 24th minute, still early on in this match, still a lot of soccer left to be played. Um, but it was just a, a little too late for San Diego because all rain had punched one too many holes in the balloon, deflating the wave throughout this one, but they have the pieces, right? Like we're seeing good things from San Diego. Um, but we talked about it a little Kansas city versus Houston. The clearing of the ball on set pieces is something that San Diego really struggled with. That's how the first two goals or excuse me, the first goal and the third goal happened for OL Rain. San Diego Weave just couldn't clear the ball defensively. They couldn't get it out. They were like half ass clearances just to the edge of the box where that's where OL Rain players are waiting to pounce on it and send it back in.
2: Yeah. I uh you know it was <laughs> you're I'm thinking back to this game a little bit and I'm I'm having a moment a similar moment that i had when we were talking about this Kansas City and Houston dash game at a moment where you get fixated on a call mm-hmm. and i'm like fixated on on the on the <laughs> on the no handball call and i'm also fixated on like the 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 tackle in the box you know that that didn't get called that like yep. that, like looking at the replay and then okay and like you you brought up the defender side of things in your mind was that was that a penalty? Should a penalty have been yeah. given there? Yeah. If you're calling the game? <laughs> yes, that was definitely a penalty.
0: I mean, she got ball, I guess, but completely took out her legs. That was yeah. yes. It's so interesting and and we talked a little bit about this right before we went live that the we're in the second half of the Challenge Cup tournament. And in the first half, it was after the first 4 Games, five games, the first weekend of six games, it was like yellow card, yellow card, yellow card, yellow card, suspension. This is happening. By the second weekend, players were already having to sit out the third weekend. There was yeah. red card, there yeah. was yellow card accumulation. And now it's almost like the officials had a powwow they had a picnic during this international break and they were like let's see what these players can do let's let them play a little bit and now in just the two matches that we've already had coming off of the international break i think the missed call by ball and shea groom in the kansas city game and then missing this penalty kick that should have been a penalty kick in all rain versus san diego wave It's not it was a foul
2: yeah there were a lot there were a Number of moments in this game where you're like, okay, like, what's going on here? Miss call there, miss call there, or uncalled, at least it was, or, even. Least it was not like call. even from both sides. I'm gonna say, I, I guess maybe perhaps like I'm both coaches can have yeah. a little bit of a, of a of a case or or make an argument there. I am I am look I am high on this all rain team, but this is another game where I would have liked to see maybe another goal from them. In the second half and it just didn't happen it's one of these things where you just sort of see a game kind of get leveled out and i understand it's it's the first game back from an international break and then they've got another one later into the weekend so you're talking you you eventually get into a a preservation mode right where you start making your rotations and things like that Uh, i mean you know making uh, substitutions at the hours for for somebody like like quinn who is someone who can help close out a game for you even if you want to try to just sort of ensure that uh san diego doesn't maybe try to find any momentum with so much time remaining left in a game right or just fishlock coming in and contributing to a to a defensive shape it's 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 it brought a smile to my face but at the same time i'm like it'd be great if like you get another goal we saw we've seen this team this old rain Mm -hmm. team go up pretty early and then kind of not get another one in the second half. I don't have the stats in front of me for the, the, the first versus second half goals and this one like I did for Kansas City and Houston. Mm-hmm. But I'm a little curious of where we're at for this old rainside and that kind of stat category uh, during this portion of the Challenge Cup. It's something that maybe we'll talk about during the next preview when we get a chance. But ultimately, even though San Diego was still making some rotations of their own, shout-out to Casey Stoney bringing on the rookie Namira Amira Ali. Oh, Yeah. Listen, making some noise. Pay attention to Amir Ali. I would love to start this player. I would love to start seeing this player get more starts, actually, for this uh, San Diego Wave side. Uh, Player whose uh, ability on the ball is evident that they're kind of going to be a little bit of a game changer, and I would like to see more of it. And we saw it in certain moments throughout this game, and uh, quite frankly, maybe Rain lucky that another one didn't get uh, put up on the board by San Diego. I, I honestly think that you're so right with Amira Ali. This is a player
0: that steps onto the pitch and changes the game. And when you look at uh, the front line and the attacking players that Casey Stoney has between Katie Johnson, Jody Taylor, Alex Morgan, Kelsey Turnbow, I'm going to throw in there as well. Amira Ali fits right into there. I wouldn't be surprised if we see her start because San Diego is one of the teams that well, OL rain but they play again on Sunday of this week. So we are, are we going to see different player rotations? I would love to see Ali get a start in this one, in the upcoming match for San Diego. Um, another player for San Diego that I'm really h- impressed and happy to see is living up to the potential that I saw them have, Kelsey Turnbow. Uh, those rights traded from... Chicago to San Diego weave and Kelsey Turbo getting the start, a lot of games, a lot of minutes for San Diego weave and doing a nice job of, of trying to hold down the midfield, especially going up against a midfield in OL rain and having to kind of try to dominate in that midfield and keep possession of the ball and hold on to anything that they can. And, and it's a really tall task for a player and Kelsey Turbo is stepping up to it. Um, last player I want to ask you about, uh, Carly Telford getting the start in goal yeah. or first NWSL start, um, the English international for San Diego Wave. I mean, a bit of a tough game to come <laughs> in on against OL Rain and just kind of getting pummeled in the second, eighth, and eleventh minute. I mean, the yeah. second minute goal, the the initial goal, it was like ping ponging around, went off two San Diego Wave players' faces, yeah. their faces. And, and then it finds the back, back of the net, and Telford is just standing there on her heels yeah. like what just happened. It was almost like it, wake up call Telford. I felt bad for her, honestly. Yeah. It's
2: like, it's like, are you asking me about Telford or are you asking me about <laughs> Kailin Sheridan? Quite frankly, yeah. you know, it's like, it's like, I can almost kind of like flip the script in that sense. I mean, yes. it's so again, we have such a small, small sample size for, for all 12 clubs right now, uh, in, in NWSL action for challenge from the challenge club specifically. But it is when you're talking about the expansion side, specifically, it is so evident that she- Sheridan in net is such an essential in- piece for this oh, yeah. San Diego Wave side. I mean, we the- are walking away with the loss through one. Telford's obviously going to have things there that uh, you know she's going to want to go back and look at and probably work on. Uh, but you know, with with these two teams having this early game and then games further down into the weekend, they're absolutely probably going to be taking a look at what to work on, how to work on. And I'm sure Sheridan is someone that they're going to be welcoming back with open arms for the next year. Yeah, we'll see what happens, though. I mean, uh, we, ha- we had our preview episode out earlier for everybody to take a look at. So uh, you can go on back to our feeds and check out the previews for the remainder of the matches that are going to be taking place uh, through uh, Saturday and Sunday. It's going to be a doubleheader and then a tripleheader. There's a lot of action that's going to be taking oh, yeah. Place for sure but uh, we want to thank everybody as always for listening to us here at attacking third. And I'm going to get you another reminder. There since there are more games happening this weekend, we are going to be doing another live on Monday morning this time to recap the Saturday and Sunday matches. So we're going to see you all on Monday. So if you wanted to close out your Friday night with us, here you are. If you want to kick off your Monday morning with us, we're going to give you that option as well. So in the meantime, follow us on Twitter and now on TikTok and Instagram at Attacking Third for so much more. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast shows. We're also available as video. Subscribe to us. Hit subscribe at YouTube.com slash Attacking Third. And we'll be back on Monday with a recap for San Sandra and Lisa Roman. This was Attacking Third